Hey, everybody. Welcome to Parenting Impossible, the special needs survival podcast. I'm your host, Annette Hines, and I'm so happy you're here with us. If you're just joining for the first time, I am a special needs mom, a special needs attorney, and a best-selling author. So please grab your coffee, and if you're like me, you might be listening in your car. I spent a lot of time in the car in my day. And please join us for some important discussions to help you thrive in this complex special needs world. Each week, we're going to chat with parents and experts, and sometimes parents who are experts, to offer compassionate advice for all stages of your life. These are the conversations you would have with your best friend if your best friend was an expert like me. Let's go. Welcome back, podcast fans. I'm your host, Annette Hines, and this is Parenting Impossible, the special needs survival podcast. So this was one of my favorites for sure. I got to spend some time with two of my favorite people. They happen to be friends of mine here in Massachusetts. And we are talking all about starting your new year off right. I love this podcast. I did a great one last year and the year before. And fortunately for me, I am a planner. And so I enjoy getting ready for the new year. I know for some people, it gives people a lot of anxiety. But for me, it is, you know, a time when I look forward to a fresh new start. So uh, heading into 2022, all of those T's um, really gets me all tingly. There's another T. And I am spending some time with an estate planning attorney extraordinaire, Tracy Ingle, and also a coach who is a wonderful efficiency person, uh, Dr. Sarah Reif Hecking. And she helps busy people figure out how to be efficient with their time. So both Sarah and Tracy joined me today to talk about how to plan for the new year and to talk about the difference between having New Year's resolutions and goal setting. And none of us do the New Year's resolution thing. That is, you know, a sure way to uh, not really set goals that last. So I had a fun time talking with Tracy about how she sets her goals for radical vitality, calm and composed casa, and her prosperous practice. <laughs> so exciting to listen to her. And we talked also about what are the things that are most important in our lives. Um, it was really nice to listen to Sarah talk about helpful, helpful tips on delegation. How can we delegate? Can we delegate things? What things can we delegate? And we talked a lot about you know, visualization, and we all had a different version of that. It was interesting because we all looked at it through our own lens, but in our own way, we all got to the same place. And it was funny when we, when we turned it around, it was kind of like looking at the same thing, looking at the same cube, but 
just, you know, if you turned the cube around, it was basically the same cube, but, but just from a different angle. So it was, it was a really great discussion and it, it really led me to be thoughtful and I'm definitely going to adopt some of the things that I talked with Tracy and Sarah about. Um, so I enjoyed it very much. Uh, both Tracy and Sarah were kind enough to give me some documents that we have links to in our show notes, and I hope that you find them helpful. And their contact information is also in the show notes, so please feel free to connect to them. One of the wonderful things about Sarah is that she has been running these programs for the longest time for busy professionals. And she was very quick to adapt during COVID to bring everything online. And the programs have been just phenomenal. I know my own husband has gone through her programs. And um, I know that Tracy is uh, definitely a fan of her coaching programs as well, as are many of the professionals that I know. She gets rave reviews and um, it's possible that you might find some of her techniques helpful too. Tracy Ingle is a busy estate planning attorney and we have recommended her many times over to many clients who um, needed some estate planning and she is somebody who really has a great technique of being able to help people just get things done. Not an easy task. Estate planning is not something that people really look forward to. Um, It is a hard task, a hard chore. And nobody wants to think about what that looks like when you die, you know? Um, But once you get that task done, once you check that off your checklist, you feel so great. You feel so much better. It is awesome. So um, I hope that you enjoy this podcast as much as I did because it was awesome. Now, before I jump into the podcast, just a quick update. So our practice is moving next week. I am super excited We uh, bought our own building and it is a huge adventure for me. I cannot believe that I did it. What a big leap of faith. What a big risk. But we will be starting construction. God only knows when. When we we are able to um, start the process and, and get some drawings done with the architect and design out a plan and I can't wait to do something that is family friendly and disability friendly. And, uh, I know it's probably going to be a huge ordeal, but I am looking forward to building something that looks different. Doesn't look like your traditional, typical law firm building. So I would love to hear from all of you, any of you about things that you would have liked to see when you went to visit your law firm 
or your financial advisor or your advocate, um, anything that would have helped you be more comfortable when you went to see any professional firm at all? You know, what, what could have made your visit to them better? Now, I get it that you probably don't want to make a trip in at all. And for sure, we are going to continue to do virtual. But if you had to make a trip in to see us at all, could you spend a second and shoot us any kind of a direct message and let us know, no matter where you are in the country, what would be great for you? What would make that visit to a location helpful? Ramps, sure. Handicap parking, sure. But what else? What else would be awesome? Um, yeah, just let me know. Love to hear from you. And so anyway, um, here is our podcast with Sarah and Tracy, and I hope the holidays are fantastic for all of you. I sure do miss my Elizabeth during this time of year. Hoping all of you are having a wonderful time. Don't forget that you can live with both sorrow and joy because the heart is an amazing, amazing organ. Love you all and talk to you soon. See you in the new year. Here we go. Welcome back, podcast fans. I'm your host, Annette Hines, and this is Parenting Impossible, the special needs survival podcast. So today, I'm here with two of my absolute favorite ladies in the whole wide world. They happen to be right here in my local area, and I am so fortunate to be in a professionals group with them, so I get to see them all the time. I'm very, very lucky. They are two women that I really look up to. They are two of the most organized and most successful women that I know. So um, attorney Tracy Ingle is an estate planner. And I know I've done a great intro for her already before we started this podcast, but she is somebody who really helps you get your plan done. And we're going to talk about that today. That's why I wanted her on the show today. Dr. Sarah Reif-Hecking is another person who I deeply admire because she is somebody who can really help you get your stuff organized. I am very challenged when it comes to executive functioning. And let me tell you, I look up to her. She has a business called True Focus Coaching, and we will have links in, um, in our show notes to both of these ladies and their businesses. Definitely check them out. Um, we'll talk more about that later. But the reason that I wanted to have these ladies on our show today, because we are going to be talking about how to get your 2022, wow, started off on the right foot. Welcome, ladies. Thank you for coming on the show today and helping us get started. That does not roll off the tongue, does it? No, it doesn't. <laughs> hey, Annette, how are you? <laughs> Not at all, but thanks for having us. Yes. Oh my God, 2022. Okay, so um, getting the new year started off right. Um, so I love to tell this story about my friend Frank when I was growing up. He was uh, quite an odd little dude, but he was my best friend. And of course, odd people stick together, right? Because I was also an odd little dude. 
And um, he used to have this thing that he did where every year he would step on a sewer grate. We grew up in the city in East Boston. And when he did that, he was convinced that he could basically like change his life and start over again, you know, be a whole new person. And how cool would that be? Right. I mean, it would be so great. And every right, New yeah. Year's, you could like basically, you know, wipe all of your sins clean, start over again and be a whole new person. But life doesn't really work that way. And as you grow up and become an adult, you realize that that's not quite how we do things. So um, instead, as adults, we've learned to do these things called New Year's resolutions. But, you know, I've learned that they don't really work, New Year's resolutions and Usually, um, all you figure out is that people give them up by like, you know, January 15th, maybe, maybe the 30th. And the weight loss industry has, you know, really made a fortune off of people like me who, you know, can't stick to it. But I mean, I found another way to make um, setting goals really work for me. And I wanted to talk to both of you about what works for you. So um, who wants to go first and start our audience off right for 2022? I'll jump in because, you know, you know, this is Sarah. (laughs) I know you can't see us. Um, So this is what I help people do all day long. And I I love it. I love it. Um, But setting goals is, is a really, you know, for some people, it feels overwhelming. It feels like, how do I do it right Um, For other people, it's hard to visualize. It's hard to figure out what a goal might look like. And for some people, it's like you can do it in the short run, but the long run is hard, right? Um, So one of the things that I always encourage people to do when they're setting goals is, first of all, let's not do the resolutions, okay? Because the resolution is sort of like a willpower thing. And we know that willpower only gets you like so far, like... I don't know, to day two, usually, right? Um, And then you slip back. So- um, And you feel awful when you can't do, you think there's something wrong with you when you can't do it. Right, you beat yourself up. And um, here's the thing, willpower is really a finite resource psychologically. We only have a little bit of it. So if you wanna make changes and you wanna really get, get, move yourself towards a goal, then you want to really start to think about how are you setting up your environment and your support systems to help you get there, right? Um, And um, so, Annette, you you mentioned executive functioning. um, And some people with executive functioning, which is just the part of your brain that helps you do the planning and the sequencing and the visualizing and all of that kind of stuff, is really um, context-dependent. So by setting up your environment to support you in focusing on your goals and moving forward on your goals, you're going to help your executive function, your brain work better for you. So, um, but before we get into some of those details, one of the things that really I think is helpful for people is to answer the question of what is the goal you want? When you have completed that goal, what will be completed? What does finish look like? So it really helps people create that big vision, that completed vision. And then once you know what finished looked like, then you can say, what are the steps to get to finished? 
Does that? So I just want to say that that's what works for me. I use visualization and it works for me. I always say, okay, so I want to go to 2022, December 2022. And I just pick a couple of small, small things. And I visualize what does it look like to be successful on this one or two or three things. And then I can plan my way to get there. But first I visualize it. Yes. I like one of the, oh, I'm sorry. This is Tracy now. I'm going to jump in here. One of the things that you just said, Annette, that I think is so key is you just pick one or two things. Mm -hmm. I think one of the challenges with New Year's resolutions is we make resolutions about everything, right? Like the list goes on and on and on. And so many of us are overachievers and we forget that personal energy is a finite resource. Sure. You know, and and we can't do everything and well, at least not all at once. And you know, we need to have grace for ourselves as as human beings. So I want to speak to our families because this is a podcast that talks to mainly caregivers and somewhat to um, individuals with disabilities themselves um, and the disability community. And we're talking to a group of people who are already overscheduled, overly busy, and their cup is already running over. So trying to find the time for yourself to, you know, work on your own goals, or maybe you're setting goals for your loved one, the person that you're caring for too, that's okay. You're already sort of behind the eight ball pretty much when we're talking to you about this. So setting goals for just, you know, one or two things, it's really okay. And I love using that term, Grace, Tracy. Thanks for throwing that out there. So Sarah, let's get back to what you were talking about. Um, Let's get back to your, your list of things. Boy, I never met a list I didn't love, especially a checklist. (laughs) Yeah, I know. They're awesome, aren't they? They are. So, um, so for those goals, and I love what Tracy said of and you, Annette, about having grace for yourself and making the goal realistic. Um, so if you're feeling overwhelmed now, if there's just a lot to get done in your day, then ask yourself, if there's one thing that I complete I completed this year, one thing that made a difference for me, what would that be? And just start with the one thing. And then what we know using using that as a way to prioritize some of the other things that you have to do, you can use that one meaningful goal as a way to get clear about when you're taking action, what are you actually doing, right? You're moving towards that one goal. Plus Mm -hmm. doing all the other day-to-day stuff, right? There's a whole bunch of day-to-day stuff that we just have to do. Um, And the other thing I want people to know is that as you're creating goals for yourself, you don't have to like have it all worked out in the first 10 minutes that you're thinking about a goal, right? This takes time and energy. When I run workshops with people on this, we take three days, okay? So, and it also- I have to stop you there because everybody's going to get stressed out. 
That's no, I know. I'm going to back it down. Give me a minute, right? I gotcha. I felt everybody go, <gasps> three days? No. That was for me to say, like, when you're supported in that context, I can walk you through that kind of process. But for you guys out there, that also means pick the one thing. And even if you just come back five minutes, mm-hmm. 10 minutes here and there and lean into it, break it into small pieces, particularly as you're starting getting used to targeting something called right. a goal and moving forward on it, right? So don't overwhelm yourself. Pick one thing to start with if you're new to this and keep coming back thinking about it five, 10 minutes here and there until you really have that clarity about what finished looks like. Yeah. So nice. So Tracy, this morning, I had the benefit of being in a group with you and listening to you talk about this very subject. And Tracy coached with Sarah. And so she, um, she's, you know, done these workshops and you talked about some meaningful points where you you don't just start in January and end in December, but you have some meaningful points where you revisit your goals. And could you talk about that a little bit? That was so yeah, great. Absolutely. Um, one of the great things about the work that Sarah does is that it's not one size fits all. It's not, here's a system, do this. It's really about, there's some key areas, let's figure out what's going to work best for you. And one of the things that I've learned about myself is that I have energy peaks during the course of the year. Yeah. And, you know, January is definitely one of them. As we move into a new year, there's definitely a, an upsurge of energy for me in terms of wanting to plan and, you know, wanting to think about the future. But that also happens for me usually in April when spring starts setting in. And then often around Labor Day, or maybe a little later as we start getting into fall. Mm-hmm. And so I find all three of those areas are places where I can harness this extra personal energy uh, and, you know, and put that into whether it's moving goals forward or rejiggering plans, <clears throat> you know, whatever that might look like. Um, so that's, def- that's definitely something that I do is these seasonal uh, energy upticks, and I'll try to harness those wherever I can. I love that. I love that, uh, Sarah. You mentioned something about peak priorities too. Is that is that similar? Yeah. So I like to use the term peak priorities so that you're having a way to sort of anchor your to do list with your long term goals and your calendar. So what happens is we tend to have this like to-do list thing, like the stuff we have to do every day, right? That we keep, we don't want to forget. And then we have long-term goals and we don't have any glue that connects them, right? Mm -hmm. So what I like to, to do is to help my clients figure out what are the categories on their to-do list? What are they called? And how do they relate to the long-term goals as well? Okay, so that if let's say you have five categories on your to do list, what each week when you go in to like just do your to do list dump and get stuff out of your head or every day, however you do it, you ask yourself about each of those categories. So it becomes a prompt. So, for instance, 
my categories are, you know, number one, and all families out there, the first one is fuel for my ultimate self, which is what a lot of people call self-care, right? Because you got to fuel yourself first. Otherwise, you can't take care of other things. Then there's something related to family and friends, right? I run a business. Oh, I have two business categories, revenue generating activities and client service. And then I have positive home environment because that is really important to me. It is, again, the base from which I grow. So all of those those categories are always at the top of my list. And it reminds me, oh, what are my goals related to family and friends? Oh, what are my goals related to taking care of myself? Oh, what are my goals relating to serving my clients, right? So it's a really easy way to connect your to-do list with those longer-term goals. And it reminds you to keep the connection going. Because what happens so often is we have the goal, but then the minutes in our day get taken up by taking care of family, about work, about responding to whatever. And we forget to have a relationship with the goal. We forget to remember that the goal is there. Yeah, for sure. I find for myself, whenever I'm super overwhelmed and just feeling like crazy pants, it's because I've let a lot of stuff either onto my calendar or onto my to-do list that does not serve the areas that are important in my life. Oh, tell me more about that, Tracy. So my my areas of focus are, you know, my self-care area I refer to as radical vitality. That's that's what I call it for myself. Nice. Um, and then I also have calm and composed casa because mm-hmm. I like my home to be like a po- you know positive environment, but not chaotic, peaceful, calm, not cluttered. Um, and then prosperous practice is my my business. And if I'm super overwhelmed, it's because there is a lot of stuff on my calendar, like running around to do stuff or events came up and I just had, you know, FOMO. I didn't want to miss out. So (laughs) I said yes to a bunch of stuff, but that stuff doesn't, you know, it doesn't serve my radical vitality. It doesn't help keep my home calm and composed, you know, nor does it contribute to a prosperous practice. And yet, here it is on my calendar. And so if I'm feeling overwhelmed, inevitably I can look around and find things that I can prune and say, you know, I think I'm not going to do this and I'm, I'm going to not do that. And I'm going to delegate this thing on my to-do list to somebody else. So let's talk about how that would work for some of our families, some of our caregivers, because um, it may be that they could Uh, hand off some of the things that they do at home, like maybe housekeeping or um, maybe they could get somebody. Grocery grocery shopping is a good one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Groceries delivered in is, is a really good one. And it's very easy to do these days. A lot of times just picking your battles too. So I find that um, we can get really entrenched in a lot of battles with um, agencies and government and schools and different organizations that we're involved with. And 
we can't we can't win everything and we can't fight over everything, but we've sort of learned how to always be fighting and always be aggravated. And sometimes we need to take a step back and say, what of these 25 things that I'm fighting about are the three things or four things that are really important? Just kind of going back to what Tracy was talking about, you know, what are the things that are most important? And I'm just going to spend my energy on those things. And what are the things that are going to make the biggest difference? And I think too, sometimes part of the battle is we're trying to figure it all out ourselves. And I think it's so important to reach out to either people who have already walked the path successfully or the professional who already knows how to do the thing and to get that help and support where possible, you know, wherever possible. And not everybody can afford to have that great attorney or that great financial advisor or that great advocate, but there are organizations that will walk with you for free or at very low cost. And so, you know, this podcast is here. Join our free Facebook group called Circle of Care. There's you know, over 500, almost 600 people on there now all across the country. And there's information and resources. I mean, there are a lot of places to go for help and support. And it's not a perfect system for sure, but Tracy's right. There definitely are people and folks you can reach out to. And there may be another person out there that will help carry your burden for a little bit. and. You never know until you ask. Yeah. And one of the things also, Annette, because I, I talk with people about this all the time. Um, one of the questions I love to ask, have people ask themselves is, can I, could this be delegated to somebody else? Right. The question is, could not do I know who it, who it is or can I afford it? But could it be delegated? Mm-hmm. If it could be delegated, then start to get clear about who would need, you know, who would have those skills. And sometimes you can find somebody who would just love to do that activity because it's fun, right? But it's not fun for you, right? right? So sometimes in your local community or in your family, whatever it is, it could be delegated to somebody else. It just happens to be something that's always been on your list, but you could actually hand it off to somebody else. And we all get into this place where we're sort of on the treadmill of how we do things, right? And we forget that sometimes when we say to somebody else, hey, could you do this? Or is there another way to do this more easily and quickly? I feel like I spend so much time doing whatever, grocery shopping or meal planning or whatever, whatever your thing is, fill in the blank. And sometimes we have that conversation with somebody else you can solve that problem much more quickly. So it doesn't necessarily have to be a paid resource. It could just be somebody who's smart that you already know and you have to have the conversation outside of your own brain. Oh, yes. And we have to get over our guilt and feeling like we're supposed to do X, Y, Z. Please get that supposed to out of your vocabulary. It's That's why I like your story about your friend, was it George, who steps on the grate and starts right. a whole... Yeah, Frank, sorry. 
<laughs> I love that. I absolutely love that. For him, that was like a, a slate clearing moment, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> let you know if if it, whatever superstition, whatever mm-hmm. anything that you know, tradition, anything that clears the slate and lets us move forward with you know without guilt, without holding on to baggage, I'm all for it. <laughs> Do that. Do that right. thing. So Tracy, I cannot move forward one more minute in this podcast without asking you about your awesome business. And you have this phenomenal way of getting people to get their estate plans done pretty quickly. And it is that is no small feat because estate planners across the country will tell you that, first of all, nobody likes doing their estate plan. And it is like universally difficult to get clients to finish their plans and make decisions. But you've got a really good system down. And I just want to ask you, you know, how do you get that done? What what magic do you have for being able to get people to get their planning done? Oh, well, get them thank you getting them to finish it. You were too kind. It's great. I mean, first of all, I send people to you. They're so happy. They are always, not only do they get their plans done, but they rave about their experience. Thank you. Yeah. And, and I hear the same when we refer folks and families to you where they have special needs issues, because we don't delve into uh, at the level and depth that you guys have mastered. In our office, I get, you know, I mentioned you know, people and, and professionals with who've, you know, gone that way before. I'm all about systems. I love a good system because a system lets us know exactly what comes next, right? Mm-hmm. I never have to stop and think about that. And I think one of the keys to finally getting a plan done is to just make sure there's never a time when I say to a client, okay, get back to me when. That mm-hmm. just that those words just never come out of my mouth. There's always a very clear next step. We are clear about expectations of who's doing what and when they're doing it and when it's due by. And we try to harness that momentum that clients have when they finally either pick up the phone or shoot us an email or fill something out on our website. From that moment on, we, we're in communication with them and we have this next thing on the calendar. So we just keep that momentum going. And I think that that's key that if, if the ball never drops, we never have to pick it back up again, right? Mm-hmm. And it was hard enough to pick it up the first time. Yeah. So let's if they've not made make a decision, sh- if they've set a goal to get a plan done, you want them to be able to check that off their list and complete it. Yeah. And then I think the other thing that we do that's a little different is that we're, we we don't pretend that the firm is anything other than, you know, what it is. You know, we have a lot of automated emails that go out, right? Every firm probably does. Calendar reminders, whatever it is. Ours come from the Ingle Law's tiny robot. Because let's just be honest, I'm not sending these emails, the computer's sending them. So we get more replies to those emails with people who want to talk to the tiny robot 
you know, <laughs> and they're just kind of sitting home giggling because it's it's just silly. So it takes that edge of like big, hairy, scary thing kind of off the table. Mm. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so we, we just try to, you know, like harness that momentum and and try to have fun with it where we can. I mean... <laughs> It sounds a little crazy, but, okay. but yeah, it's estate planning, but we can sit around and still laugh and, and, you know, enjoy our conversations together. We're all human, right? And you're celebrating people for getting their planning done too. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. We always send a congratulations card. Yeah. There may be, there may be gifts involved also, but I don't want to give any secrets away. <laughs> I wanted you to say that. I wanted you to tell people that you congratulate them when they get their plan done because you do. It's nice. Yeah. It's crazy to me that only like 30 to 40% of families have a plan in place. Yeah. That's just crazy to me. so important. Yeah. Planning is very important. Yep. Well, and it also allows you to uh, just relax and know that you've got stuff handled. And when I work with crazy busy people and help them reduce their overwhelm, it's, you know, that's, that's priceless that I just have that piece handled. It's one less thing that spins in your head at night and it, it saves you so much energy just to know that if anything happens, things are, things are taken care of. Um, And, and that's, that's, one of that it's a huge piece in terms of reducing stress, reducing you know extraneous energy that just takes a huge toll on us. So we only have a few minutes left, but I want to throw out one more difficult topic. Ooh, I'm gonna throw you a curveball. How do you help your people make difficult, and I'm doing my quotation marks here, people that can't see me. Difficult decisions. So as we go forward into our new year and we want to make 2022, yeah, I can't say that, the best year ever, um, there are going to be a set of difficult decisions ahead of us. Every year there always are. And for our families and our caregivers, more so than ever. You know, this year has been tough. 2020 was tough, but I think 2021 was harder. We want we we all pulled together in 2020, but as it dragged on into 2021, I found people getting angrier, more frustrated, and it was harder to deal with, right? Um, so I think as we really are settling into our new normal, I, I think we have difficult decisions ahead. People are leaving their jobs, things are changing, people have moved. Um, yeah, there's there's like, there's some settling in and, and some, some people have a lack of permanence. There's a lot, there's a lot of shifting going on. So difficult decisions. How do you help people make those difficult decisions? What advice can you give? Go first, Sarah, or do you want me to give my, my late? Go ahead. I think you like, you have as much uh, experience here as I do because Estate planning is all about difficult decisions. Yeah, it's all about that, and that's why people avoid it. So, how do you yeah. help them do it more easily? Yeah, I have two things that I do with clients. One is to 
try on different decisions in air quotes. And I'll tell them like, Hey, let's, you know, let, let's try that. You know, let, let's talk about the different options. What do you, you know, what's your best guess at what the best decision is. And let's start the process of putting that, you know, in the plan. And then usually what I tell folks is if you don't, if it keeps nagging at you, it probably wasn't the right decision and we need to revisit it. But if you don't think about it anymore after you've made that decision, then it was probably at least the right decision for right now. And I think that's so important. Most people think an estate plan or any kind of plan is like, oh, I'm going to do this and then I'm done. Right. It's about the right plan for right now. It's not going to be the right plan for forever. That's true. Right? So that's one thing I tell folks. You can't get to perfection. Yeah. And then the other thing that I, I sometimes talk about with my clients, but something I definitely practice in my own personal life is sometimes it's not about choosing the thing I want. It's about choosing the thing I don't want, right? So sometimes it's about choosing my regret. You know, I could do A or B. You know, wow. if I do A, will I regret not having done B? And if I do B, will I regret not having done A? And which would I regret more? And if I can identify what I would regret more, then I know to do the other thing, the thing that's going to have less regret. Example, please. So I'll give the example from just the other day. Uh, as I think, as you know, I'm, I'm going out of town tomorrow and we've got a couple of really big deadlines for clients. And I go to the gym at 4.30 in the afternoon on Mondays. And that's like, it's my me time. And I love that time at the gym. And it's a great way to end my day. But I had a couple of deadlines looming. And I knew if I went to the gym, I wasn't going to have as much time to work on this project and meet the deadline. And then I was going to have to find that time someplace else. Mm -hmm. And I knew I could choose between, all right, going to the gym and having to find that time elsewhere. And I knew I would regret that because I resent working at night and I am not a super early morning person. And those were my two choices. And the other option was to, to make the difficult decision to skip the gym so that I had the time to work on the project and meet the deadline in a way that I would be happier with, like energetically, I would be happier. And so that was sort of choosing between two things that I really didn't necessarily like either one of them, but I knew I was going to regret more having to work at night or stupidly early in the morning. And I would regret less skipping the gym that day. And so I chose to not go to the gym, get the work done, meet my deadline, and still had an enjoyable evening and didn't have to get up early the next day. Mm-hmm. So I chose my regret. So my, you know, I still had a little regret that I missed the gym but it was a lot less regret than I would have had had I gone. That makes sense? It does. I would have done that a little differently, but I guess sort of along the same lines, I sort of visualized how I would feel the next day if I had gone to the gym, but had to get up early. You know, how would I feel at five o'clock in the morning if I was up working? So I would picture myself when that alarm goes off, you know, that, and I go through a similar 
it's a similar, my brain tends to be super linear though. So I'm usually thinking in words and logic trees. Yep. I'm a, I'm a, a total picture person. So it's different, very different, but really coming to the same ends. Well, and it's, that's so it, funny. Like people's brains are very, very different. And that's, you know? and that's where Sarah comes in. She knows right. brains. <laughs> and this is the thing that I, I always say to people is we're all wired differently. So be careful what you copy, right? So notice that both Annette and Tracy were able to solve the hard problem using a similar technique, but not exactly the same thing. So um, I think particularly we're talking to a lot of special needs family families here. Um, you, you know, go with the system that has worked with you in the past also for making hard decisions. And I love the pick your regret, regrets question because sometimes it makes it super clear, right? When you get that emotional component in there, sometimes it makes it clearer more quickly. Um, but but find the the process that works for your brain and build on that. Keep using that just like Annette and Tracy have, have described. Super what, if, what if you don't know what process works for you, Sarah? Is there a way that you can get some help in trying to figure out how to, how to come to a happier, I don't want to say a happier life, but better, better process? And I don't mean just better organized, but a better way of goal setting. And so I know myself at 50 plus years old, I'm not going to tell you exactly, Um, you know, and I, so I know what works for me, but I've done a lot of work on myself. I wasn't like this at 30. Um, I wish that I knew these, I could have learned these lessons a lot sooner. You know, Um, when I was a young mother, I was I suffered a lot because I didn't know how to do these things. And so what could my 30-year-old self have known to sort of get there a little sooner? Yeah, I think this is where um getting support is super helpful. And um not necessarily it doesn't have to be professional support, but support that helps you in that certain situation um, move forward in a way that that is easier for you. So we all have those places where we get stuck. And I think knowing it's human to get stuck, it's also human to get support and it's not a failing. Um, I feel like that's the thing that I say multiple times a day to people that that we all have this sense that we have to do it alone and it's not like we're not good enough unless we're doing it alone it's this very pervasive way of seeing success and it's really not true success never happens in a vacuum that's a really wonderful thing to end our podcast on actually tracy do you have any last words wish I did. (laughs) That's okay. Because I think what Sarah said was fantastic to end our podcast on. Uh, Success does not happen in a vacuum and do not feel like a failure when you need to reach out for some support. 
And I wish that my 30-year-old self knew what my 50-year-old self knows. Uh, it would have been so wonderful to not feel like I was pulling my hair out all the time and just didn't know which way was up. So I hope that for those of you out there listening, got something out of this podcast today and that you are ready to set some goals and put some meaning behind them and that 2022 is going to be your best year ever. So and let's all so go for... step on a sewer grate and have a clean And let's all slate. go step on a sewer grate <laughs> and start our life over. Yay! Give yourself permission to clear it out. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much, ladies. Thanks for joining me. All right. Bye, everybody. Happy New Year. <laughs> Bye. Thanks so much. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. I just wanted to take a second to say how much I appreciate you taking the time to listen to these podcasts. I'm having a blast doing them, and I hope that you're finding the content to be what you were really hoping. If you are, please take a second to leave a rating and a review. It's so helpful in getting this content out to people who really need to hear it. Thank you so much.